Hello, I'm Maria Titizian, and welcome to EVN Talks. My guest today in the studio is George Achalkatsi. He is the head of the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, EPRD, in Armenia. Welcome to the program, George. Hello, Maria, and thank you very much for having me here. It's a pleasure for us as well. For our listeners, um, I, I want to start off by trying to understand what the EPRD is and the kind of work that you do. Sure. Before I tell you about EBRD, I also wanted to thank you for um, the works that you do. I'm an avid listener of EVN Report, and uh, for people like me who don't speak Armenian, um, this is a very valuable source of uh, information, um, and I love your weekly reports. Oh, uh, great. Thank uh, you. And, and, uh, we we don't often like doing well. them, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It, um, it means a lot. So a few words about EBRD. Um, European Bank for Reconstruction and Development was set up in 1991. So we recently celebrated our 30 years of existence. Um, and the purpose of the bank was to help um, the countries that suffered from the Soviet Union to transition their economies from centrally planned uh, economies to market economies and to support the entrepreneurship. So over the 30 years of existence, the bank has invested about 150 billion euros across about 6,000 projects in about 40 economies. Right now, we operate in about 40 economies. Um, we started uh, mostly with uh, Central and Eastern Europe, but then eventually um, branched out to Mongolia, Turkey, uh, Middle East, uh, North Africa. So uh, it's not only the post-Soviet space no, that you're working eventually. in today. You yeah, know? So, so the bank was set up, it was supposed to be like a sundown organization, so eventually it was supposed to wind down and close. Uh, but then looking at all the impacts that the bank, bank was bringing uh, in its countries of operations, there was a demand and request from various governments to actually open offices in, in those countries. So, for example, uh, North Africa came after the Arab Spring, yeah, and we tried to help those uh, countries uh, also to transition to market economies and, and do more green and inclusive investments. Right. And when did the office open in Armenia? The office in Armenia opened very soon after EBRD was established in 1992. Uh, so this year in Armenia, we are uh, celebrating our 30 years um, of uh, operations. In Armenia, we have invested about 2 billion euros across about 200 projects. So that gives you about the average project size of about 10 million euros. Yeah. However, this investment has accelerated a lot in past years. Uh, and uh, for past three years, um, we've been delivering record volumes. Um, so last year, our investments were about 175 million euros uh, in Armenian economy. You have a very diverse portfolio of different projects that you invest in or, or you support. You also provide business advice, if I'm not mistaken. What is the, the private sector share of that? I mean, do you also invest in governments, in government programs? So EBRD is primarily a private sector-oriented organization. So if we take Armenian example, um, over the course of this 30 years, 91% uh, of the investments that we have done were in private sector. So the government sector was only 9%. And that is a target. I mean, we want to keep our focus on the private sector. We believe that supporting corporate and SMEs, which is a backbone of the uh, economy, is, is key uh, for this transition. I think there's sometimes a perception that the EPRD is working you know, with larger businesses, but you do work with very small businesses as well. So how do you determine which 
projects you're going to support or how do businesses come to you and apply for anything from investment to advice? So we have a team of about 20 people here in Yerevan. So we cannot do every size of the project. So if it comes to investment, we usually try not to do anything below 2-3 million euros. The companies, the corporate sectors that we have financed here are in the range from, I would say, 5 million to 60 million, 100 million uh, euros. So it, it's, it's a very big range. Uh, but we do want to also tap in, into smaller companies uh, and, and do smaller projects. What we do is that we rely on our partner banks. So we are working with nine commercial banks, I'm sorry, eight commercial banks um, here in Armenia. We're about to sign the ninth one. And we provide different credit lines to them for them to own lend to smaller companies that we cannot finance directly. But for example, I'll give you some example of the corporates that we have financed here, private companies. Um, one of our long-standing clients is Saranist. Uh, which produces glass uh, packaging, uh, so glass bottles and jars. Um, we've done multiple transactions with them. Uh, we recently, this year, actually signed a transaction with um, Telecom Armenia, so Team Telecom, uh, where together with IFC and local commercial bank Amiria, uh, we provided 45 million for them to upgrade their uh, infrastructure and allow them to provide more high-speed and reliable internet to over 450,000 households. So um, these are just some examples. And we've also invested in Pixart, which uh, is um, very well-known. Uh, uh, unicorn. <laughs> unicorn, yeah. Um, uh, something that the uh, whole Armenia is proud of. Um, we've invested equity in, in Pixart. The other projects that I mentioned were debt investments. And, and there's some other projects as well. But our main tool uh, to support large number of entrepreneurs and companies is through the banks. So we have, for example, um, an SME competitiveness credit line that we provide to the bank, and the banks provide loans to the local companies, and then they benefit from the cash banks and uh, lower interest rates. Um, and this is all possible through EU support. Um, we work very closely with EU to design um, different credit lines that will support the local ecosystem. We also have um, a special credit line which is called Women in Business. And this is, uh, these loans are uh, specifically for uh, women entrepreneurs. And then along with the loans, we help them with consultancy and etc. Um, you asked uh, about how we operate. We do mostly private sector, but we also uh, finance government um, and provide sovereign loans. Uh, and then we have advisory. So if, if you allow me, I'll, I'll uh, oh, brief, briefly yeah, tell sure. you about uh, both directions. Yeah, With sovereign lending, we mostly work on the infrastructure projects. Yeah, And uh, we look at where the government strategy is, what their priorities are. Currently, we are very much focused on connectivity, so connecting Armenia to the middle corridor. So if you look at our projects, we, again, together with EU, we are financing modernization um, of uh, Mehri border crossing point. And um, it's not really a modernization. It's basically we will build a new border crossing point, um, which will increase the efficiency and, and provide better working conditions um, and be more safe. Um, and then we are also looking at financing uh, the North-South Corridor. Uh, which has been, you know, the bane of Armenia's existence, I think, right? How many years has that corridor been 
Yes, it's uh, um, ADB. Our colleagues from Asian Development Bank um, have been very active in financing yes. um, that project. I mean, road is a very, very complicated uh, uh, project. I know, uh, I've been on parts of it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but uh, designing the new road, building it, tendering, I mean, you need to, um, it's its not a project that happens um, over, overnight. But do you look um, at the capacity of a, a particular government to be able to implement that kind of project because the north-south corridor is a huge infrastructure undertaking absolutely and i think uh the different generations of the governments have learned a lot on the different sections of this road and this is pretty much the final section almost uh, of, of this road and it's also one of the most complex ones because it involves the tunnels the bridges mountainous uh, regions mountainous yeah. region and the road department over this time has built up the capacity to uh, to manage this and then as that's one of our roles is uh, to make sure that they have all the support they need um, to implement so we we do support in in implementation capacity and we have for example, the projects that we do usually with um, municipality or different municipalities, we also um, uh, support with the project implementation units to make sure that they have skills uh, and knowledge necessary to implement this project. Right, because a lot of the you know development aid to countries like Armenia oftentimes throw money at an issue, but really don't follow up with not strategy, but implementation and this and oversight. And this is very important, I think, for the success of these projects. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, and the, the infrastructure projects are very complex. And it starts, um, I mean, uh, it starts long before the construction starts. So you need to plan, you need to tender, you need to uh, evaluate the bids, you need to select the companies, assess their capacity. And then you have usually multiple donors and multiple financiers, and you need to coordinate that. So you might even have a separate unit that just does the coordination among all the parties. It's a very complicated project, but I'll give you one example of a very successful project with, that we just uh, recently opened. Uh, this is a bridge that we financed um, between Georgia and Armenia, the Friendship Bridge. And this project was completed within the budget. and Within uh, budget. Within budget and also within the originally determined timeline, um, which is... Uh, an exception, <laughs> not, not only in Caucasus, uh, but if you look at the infrastructure projects in, in Europe, in US, um, they are always, almost always over budget and over time. And, and all of this happened when COVID was uh, present and, and when Armenia had to go through a 44-day war. Yeah? So um, there is that capacity. I think the key is to really um, be diligent in planning and uh, have uh, every, every detail thought through, and then the actual construction is not that complicated. Mm -hmm. George, you also spoke about reforms and policy dialogue. Can you expand on that a little bit for our listeners? Yes, uh, that is uh, another very important direction of the bank, um, and we support um, the government in carrying out reforms that will help transitioning the economies from centrally planned economies into market economies. Um, and one of the uh, flagship initiatives we have in Armenia is the Investment Council of Armenia, which was previously known as Business Support Office. And this is the initiative that we have been supporting since 2007. And most recently, since 2019, uh, UK's um, uh, Good Governance Fund has been supporting it. And this is the main platform for public-private dialogue, uh, facilitating uh, different reforms, mostly for improving business climate. And since its uh, establishment, it has uh, successfully implemented about 25 reforms in this direction. Um, another important uh, uh, direction that we have is um, together with EU, we are supporting um, 
we are supporting the national investment agencies for them to uh, showcase the country um, as an investment destination and uh, uh, to support the FDIs. Um, uh, there are a few more uh, policy dialogue and reforms that we're carrying out uh, that are equally interesting. For example, we recently helped the customs uh, um, department to digi digitize their processes, so to basically eliminate the paperwork and the human interactions, um, which uh, makes it more efficient. And then in future, we uh, have a quite important uh, projects uh, in making. One is uh, the support of the uh, creation of debt capital markets. Um, so. Um, basically diversification of um, uh, funding sources for the company uh, so that they can tap into the bonds um, and then also a, a large digitalization project with uh, the government. And yeah, so, so um, this uh, on the 15th of, uh, on the 15th of uh, um, September, uh, together with the central bank, we are also um, announcing uh, a successful implementation of the secondary legislation for crowdfunding uh, investments. Uh, this is another initiative that um, we uh, sponsored together with the uh, central bank, uh, which will uh, improve access to finance to smaller companies that cannot borrow from the international finance organizations or from the commercial banks directly. I want to come back to the investment portfolios. Uh, I presume that in different countries there are different portfolios depending on the need. And when you do provide grants or, or loans to governments, you consult and, and look at what their needs are before you uh, decide on what project to go. But in terms of the private sector, does the government also, or does the Armenia's government come and say, this is one particular sector in the economy that we think should be um, developed further? Or is it based on EPRD's own research and analysis? So we have our own strategic priorities, and, and this is a green, so we very much support energy efficiency, renewables. This is um, inclusive, so we want um, the inclusive angle to be incorporated in our projects, and we look at the gender issues and uh, growth opportunities and opportunities for youth in the regions. Uh, and then the third big direction is digital. Um, so we want to help the governments uh, and, and the companies uh, in their digital transition. Um, now, these priorities, if you look at across the other development agencies or other international financiers, they are ubiquitous, yeah, because uh, everyone is looking at, at these directions. And if you look at the government's development plan or development program for 2021 to 2026, again, you read uh, the same things. Yeah? You look at, um, you see that uh, renewables are a top priority. You see that the developing of the knowledge industry is, is a priority um, and so forth. So very often we are very much aligned with what the government's vision is. Yeah? Um, and then we have our own strategy for Armenia and obviously that strategy is um, designed based on the consultations with uh, the government and other donors. So we also work very closely with EU um, to see what their priorities are um, uh, and, and align our project to their priorities. You spoke about impact earlier, and I know it's uh, people ask us, you know, what is your impact? And sometimes it's difficult to measure. Would you say that the over the course of 30 years in Armenia, what have been the projects that you think have had the most impact through EPRD's support? Yeah, so I, I think the most recent example is um, the telecom deal that I, I mentioned. Yeah, so imagine 450,000 households and businesses getting access to 
faster and more reliable internet and um, and then the result and impact that will have on their daily lives their education prospects on their business operations yeah uh, but other than that um, uh, maybe this is a good time also to talk about uh, our advisory business um, because there we also have uh, measured um, the results yeah so in finance it's pretty simple how many projects we've done what was the volume of investment that was made in Armenia? And I've mentioned uh, aggregate uh, investment of two billion across 200 projects. And last year we did 175 million. This year I am quite confident we should be able to surpass it, surpass that uh, investment. So even have another record year. Advisory is where you see also um, the advisory side of our um, activities is where you also see a lot of impact. And uh, and for example, over past four years uh, we. Um, had a local and international advisory projects and trainings for over 280 SMEs. Um, so this is helping them with their marketing plans, with their strategy, with their financial accounting, um, with uh, digital transition. And as a result of these interventions, um, we track also the results they achieve. Yeah, And um, over 86% of these SMEs uh, reported growth in sales. Uh, over 70% uh, reported growth in productivity, um, and over 1,500 1, jobs were created. Yeah? Um, now, I cannot claim that all of this was because of our intervention, but at least some of it was um, because they became more professional and uh, um, uh, well-managed. Yeah. Mm-hmm, indeed. The president of EPRD, Odile Renault Basso, will be in Armenia on September 15. This is the first time that she's actually going to be in the country. Um, what is the purpose of her visit? Uh, this is not the first time she is uh, trying to be in Armenia. Her first um, attempt was uh, in 2021, but that was uh, cancelled because of the covid then she was supposed to be here this March, uh, and we were all all set and ready with all the meetings arranged. But the week before her visit, um, the, there was a Russian invasion of Ukraine, so she had to cancel it. Um, and now, finally, uh, right after the summer break, she's she's coming here. So um, we will be uh, spending um, uh, the uh, second half of 15th and and 16th of September with her and. Uh, we will be meeting um, the government, we'll be meeting the prime minister, the president, um, uh, the ministers, um, uh, the private sector companies. Um, uh, we'll also use the opportunity to show her uh, some museums, some culture, um, so that she is well acquainted with the Armenian uh, uh, culture as well. Why uh, is this visit important? It's important because it's it's usually better to see once than to hear ten times. Uh, so I think we will use this opportunity to show her what we do here, um, and the private sector will tell her the impact we are having here. Uh, we have a roundtable together with Central Bank, meeting nine uh, local commercial banks that we've been working for many years, and, and she will hear from them the impact we have on, on, on the broader economy. Yeah? Uh, we will also use the opportunity to discuss um, strategic uh, infrastructure projects with the government of Armenia, including the road projects and uh, other uh, regional solid waste projects, reservoir projects, uh, uh, the, the key priorities for the government. And um, I think it's also very important for her to see 
where EBRD's annual general meeting uh, and a business forum will be held in 2024. Again, this was supposed to uh, happen in 2021, but was cancelled because of COVID. But this will be a very high-profile event. Um, this is an annual event that EBRD holds in its countries of operations, where um, anywhere from two to 3,000 international delegates visit the country. Yeah? Um, and uh, this will uh, raise Armenia's profile uh, in, as an investment destination uh, and, uh, again, show the heritage and the culture of the country to delegates from over 40 countries. Oh, incredible. Looking yeah. forward to that, for yes. sure. Um, I'm also looking forward to it, but I'm thinking how to avoid all the anger uh, related to the traffic probably that we will cause. <laughs> Listen, because, the uh, traffic is bad enough. <laughs> I think it can't get any moving worse. Moving around uh, thousands of delegates from yeah. hotels uh, to uh, the conference centers uh, will be very complicated challenge. But as you said, we don't sometimes um, understand the value of those kinds of uh, major events that take place in the country because it, it's not only about the investment, it showcases the country and the potential of the country. And Armenia certainly um, needs that that kind of investment, um, taking into consideration everything that has transpired in the last several years. Did the war impact your activities? Artsakh war, um, because we're also like now, now we had many wars. Artsakh uh, war, uh, um, for us, uh, in the countries we operate, we uh, we accept the political risk. Yeah? And uh, and a regional risk. So um, for us, that was an opportunity to do even more uh, in the country. Um, we had a special training program for people who were displaced after the war, helping them uh, grasp the basic understanding of entrepreneurship. This was done through our advice for small business team. In terms of the investments, uh, I mentioned that last three years, each year we have been uh, breaking our own record of investment. Yeah. Um, so. In 2019, I think we were around 140 million euros. In 2020, we were 155. Last year, we were 175 million. Um, so I think numbers speak for itself. That uh, we um, uh, we just continued investing. I think uh, mm -hmm. you just need to do more and support uh, the local economy and population. But I will also maybe use the opportunity to say how we. Um, reacted on the war in Ukraine. Um, I mean, EBRD uh, um, closed, it closed its offices in, uh, in Russia and uh, Belarus, so we terminated all activity. And uh, we, so far, we have committed over 900 million for Ukraine. Uh, so we are, irrespective of the war, we are supporting uh, the vital infrastructure projects uh, and uh, making sure that uh, the backbone of the economy uh, Works well certainly because insecurity, conflict, wars make investors very nervous, and it's important when the EPRD continues investing and increasing that investment in those countries. Just as a final question, are there any new directions or projects that the EPRD is considering for Armenia or the greater region, or will you continue in um, in expanding or or developing your main areas of focus? The the main focus going forward is uh, green economy transition, and uh, EBRD board has committed to be uh, Paris Agreement aligned by the end of 2022, and to be majority green bank by 2025. Uh, now, even in 2021, 51 percent of all our investments was green. And then this is the, the route that we want to continue. And Armenia has a huge potential in this direction. We signed our first 
utility scale solar power plant in Armenia, 55 megawatt uh, solar with Masrik, uh, a Spanish sponsor. And we are working with the government and its agencies, um, R2E2, um, which is an agency for renewable um, sources, to develop um, auctions for further uh, development of uh, renewables and specifically in solar. There are other agencies that are looking at uh, wind um, and hydro, um, and this is uh, where we would definitely want to do more. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, George Akhalkatsi, for this very informative um, interview, um, and good luck with the visit of the president. Thank you very much, Maria. It was a pleasure talking to you.